Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Hello, hello, hello. Wow. So good to be here. Thanks for getting out of bed today, second service. Woohoo! Way to go, way to go. Commitment. So good. I, I go to second service too. I totally do. I totally do. <laughs> well, um, it's been just a, a blessing, a treat to spend time with your, with your leaders and to be at the conference. And um, something hasn't come up though since, uh, you know, the, the, the some morning services. Not one person has called Mike daddy baby yet and I'm not sure why 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 is that ba- baby daddy baby daddy daddy baby baby daddy something to do with uh, making babies I don't know what it is but uh, he's the man he's the man over there I just want to acknowledge him and give credit where credit's due there you know <laughs> baby daddy ah oh, well uh, this morning, I, I have a, a lot to cover and not a lot of time to get all of it, so I'm going to get this out of the way real quick, which is uh, the, the Loving on Purpose Life Academy is primarily where I, you would access anything that follows up on what we're doing here with regard to family, relationships, or leadership cultures. That is where we pour in. And there's an app, a free app, that has tons of blogs, videos, podcasts, free. Did I mention it was free? free. And if you're interested in uh, the Life Academy, there is, I think there's still some out there. Uh, and boom, uh, what? You're kidding me. No. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you at all. It is half off out there just because you got up this morning. God bless you. God's blessing you already. Look at you. Look at you. Um, and, um, yeah, if there's more information out there, and check it out. Here's what I want to talk to you about. Uh, I, come, I come from a place, um, Weaverville. Weaverville is a little tiny community in the Northern California, like up by Oregon, Northern California, not like San Francisco. San Francisco is like the elbow, Northern California, like way up here. And um, in that place, I met my wife, 35 years ago. Previous to that, uh, when I was 16 years old, I met a guy named Chris Vallotton. Uh, Chris Vallotton and I worked together for approximately two, three years. Uh, and then I went off to be a meat cutter in a grocery store. And at age 21, I got saved. I went and found Chris, though, because I didn't know how to go to church. So I said, hey, Chris, you know, like, how do you go to church? He goes, what do you mean? So I'm like, like, how do you go? I mean, like, you don't just walk into a church. They're not going to just let me walk into a church, right? He goes, yeah, 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 you just walk in. <laughs> okay, I'll meet you in the parking lot. Oh, thank you. Okay. So that day, I remember going, and Bill Johnson and Chris Vallotton were there, and I, I bowed my head and my heart and gave my life to the Lord at age 21. Now, it's been about 35 years of, 36 years walking with the Lord uh, I've known Chris for about 40 years, and that's a lot of time. It's a lot of time to have 
a relationship with someone who you give permission to influence you. You offer your life to someone else to change your mind. It's kind of scary because we kind of like to do it ourselves. You know, we got YouTube now. Uh, so I pretty much know everything. So it's pretty tough to build relationships where you are actually saying to another person, you can influence me. I see your life. I know your life. You've hurt me. You have made mistakes in our relationships. You acted like a human around me. <laughs> and you have my permission to influence how I will live. What's beginning to happen here is we are making covenants. Now, covenants is not something you hear a lot about these days. Unless you're in real estate or law, you probably don't even know what that word means. Covenants in church history have equated to control and abuse. You make a covenant in marriage, and it's kind of like, as long as it works out, you know, until it gets too hard, or I get a better offer. So we really don't know what covenant means. Because covenant, at its very nature, is an agreement that requires death. To make a covenant, you have to realize there is going to be a death. We see that with Jesus. I mean, Jesus makes a covenant with us. And then in baptism, you know, we demonstrate our covenant with him, that we enter his death and resurrection. Like, you know what? I've died to my past. My old man has died, passed away. Boom, I am born again. Brand new life. Brand new day, brand new identity, brand new start, brand new everything. In the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, the, the, uh, they, would, you know, they would take an animal. They'd take an animal. There, was, there wasn't forgiveness of sins. There was a postponement of punishment. That's the difference between the old and the new. The old, well, there was no place to hide. There was, there was no place to get away from what you deserved. In the Old Testament, the early practices of making a covenant was to take, a, take an animal, a bull, in, in Genesis 12, I think it is, 15, there it is. Uh, Abram and God are going to make a covenant. And God says, get a bull, heifer, a ram, and some birds. Now, I don't know if you know how big a bull is, but that is a large animal. <laughs> Take the animal and split it in half. And then separate the parts, which is a, you know, 300-pound pole. 
Take a heifer, which is a little smaller, but still a very large animal. Split it in half. Separate the halves. Take the ram. You're happy to get to the ram. They're not as big. Boom. Move it. I think you just throw the birds in there. <laughs> but here's the practice. The practice is now the two who are making the covenant are, will pass through the halves. <laughs> this is before rubber boots, right? No. This is... The two have passed through the halves, and they turn, and they look at what they've just passed through. And here's the inference as they look at one another, and they look at what they've just walked through. May the same thing happen to either one of us if we break this covenant. This is when your word was your bond. This is when your yes was your yes, your no was your no. This is before lawyers. What have we passed through? What is it that we have walked through together? Blood, guts, mess, death. This is the making of a covenant. That my life in covenant with you is intended to last into eternity. That is the commitment that I am making with you. We will walk together with a priority of connection. And I am willing to die to protect that connection. Jesus says it like this to his disciples. He says, the hour of, man, of the, man, the, the man, the the hour has come that the man, God of man, well, sheesh. The hour has now come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Don't you know that unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. It remains insignificant. It loses its meaning. It loses its function and purpose. If a grain of wheat falls to the ground and does not die, it is an impotent, useless grain consumed by Instagram. <laughs> but if it will die, now comes its purpose. Its purpose is to actually reproduce. Its purpose is in its death to create life. This is the very thing that Jesus puts on display. Here's how you make a covenant. You be willing to die. You be willing to communicate to the world around you that you were here for their benefit. Paul puts it like this. He says, don't you know that there really is no use for a seed unless it dies? Yeah. Remaining alone is a seductive trick of the enemy to separate your life from being discomforted by the association of other people's lives it is troublesome to me 
to hear people say, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to be married. If I do, it's only I'm going to marry someone who can accentuate me, make my life even more spectacular. <laughs> like a cool jacket or something, you know. <laughs> and we're not having kids. I mean, God, what a mess those people are. Yeah, that's, that's the fast track to a meaningless life. Just be self-absorbed. That was for free. No extra charge on that one. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it does, it multiplies. Here you go. Here's the reason you're here. The reason you're here is that your life would be sown into the benefit of those around you, that you would actually become famous for it. You would become famous. I'm going to skip this next slide just because it detours from the point I am currently making. <laughs> you become famous for being willing to protect your relationships that are covenant relationships. That I would actually, we would end up in a disagreement. I can't believe you did that. I can't believe you think that. I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you voted like that. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> and all of that is subjected to I love you. And I love you will rule over the issues between us. The issues will never rule our love. Never. I would be willing to give my life to protect our connection together. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what we're going to do. But our disagreement will never rule our love. And here is our covenant. This is how we live in covenant. Is that my life is dedicated to walking through the... With you. Anybody here have children? Since you met these people, they've been trying to kill you. This is the greatest example of covenant I know of. They have been crying and keeping you up all night and barfing on you and pooping on you. And that's when they're teenagers. <laughs> Give up hope that this is going to change. It's not going to change. These people require your life. And you will learn to do this or fail. Your relationship with your children is an example of how heaven interacts with us. Our Father interacts with us. You think he loves us because we agree with him? You think he, he loves us because we're doing what he would do? You think he loves us because we're making him look like such a genius all the time? No. No, he loves us because of his covenant with us. 
And this is what we're doing one to another. That's how we are living one to another, in covenant, willing to give our lives. Anybody remember the movie John Q? Denzel? Got to love you some Denzel. Mm. Denzel Washington is, you know, he's got a, a little boy. He's got a heart defect, little Mikey, and collapses on the baseball field. They take him to the hospital, get him to the hospital. They find out he needs a heart transplant. Gonna have to have a heart transplant or he's gonna die. He's like eight years old, he's gonna die. John's like, what? But then we remember John's been cut back at the factory and he doesn't have insurance. So this is an anti-insurance company, anti-big hospital movie. Gotta love it. And so John has to sell all his stuff. He sells everything he owns. He's got this little pittance of cash on the table. And his wife, his wife's, she's desperate. She doesn't know what he's going to do. She doesn't know what's going to happen. But somebody's going to save her boy. She looks at her husband. She comes in. She looks at John. She says, John, I don't know what you're going to do. But you do something. Now, when your wife says that to you, You are going to do something. <laughs> so John goes down to the local hospital. He uh, takes everyone in the emergency room hostage that day. He has a gun. Locks the doors. Because that's something. Fortunately for him, that day, the world's greatest heart surgeon was in the emergency room. Who knew? And they're talking. They're talking about what to do. We're in trouble, John. Mike's blood pressure has dropped into the mid-40s. His atrial blood pressure should be in the low teens. It's 35. I'm sorry, John. Without a new heart, he's not going to make it. Okay. Take mine. What? You heard me. Take my heart and you put it in Mike. Oh, man. You can't be serious. You bet I'm serious. I'm dead serious. Oh, my God. Wow. Man, that means you'll be dead. And my son will live. John, you can't do this. Man, that means you'll be dead. <laughs> yeah, but if we understand why we're here, if we understand why we're here, believe it or not, we are not here to show the world the Bible. Bible's great. The Bible's awesome. Love it, love it, love it. We are not here to show the world the Bible. We are not here to show the world the church. We are here, as Jesus was here, to show the world our Father. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We're here to show our world, this, this world, the Father. The number one problem in our world today is fatherlessness. And the church, the ambassadors of heaven, first job, not get around to it maybe, First job, show the world the Father. And the Father's heart 
is to sacrifice for the benefit of everyone who knows him. That's why we're here. That's what we're doing here. We're here to, to broadcast to a dying planet that there is love in the house of our Father. Come and meet him. Let me show you. Let me, let me tell you who he is. Let me show you who he is. Let me show you how he lives in and through me. It's no longer I who live. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but him living through me. It's as though he's calling to the whole world to say, be reconciled to my Father. That's what we're doing here. I'm from California, and we have these enormous trees there called the California Redwoods. If you go north, they call them the Oregon Redwoods, but ours are better. California redwoods are some spectacular specimens. I don't know if you've ever seen them or not, but they are enormous. I mean, these trees are as big around as a whole section of chairs here. They're just ginormous. Some of them are 30 stories high. Nearly 2,000 years old. They're planted on the Pacific coast right on the ocean. And so the First thing that hits a, a grove of redwood trees are these Pacific storms that are just rolling off that ocean. Boom! And these trees just stand there and they just take it and they just kind of smile back. Is that all you got? <laughs> For centuries, these trees just kind of wave at the ocean. Now, here's something you got to know about these trees is that classically, a, an evergreen tree will have a taproot about a third as deep as they are high. So we should have taproots on these trees about 10 stories deep. But these redwood trees have a taproot of about six feet, which is just a little taller than me, which is basically a dent for a tree that size. How is this not the incredible domino forest? For centuries, this tree, these trees stand there and resist storm after storm after storm. The secret is in their lateral root system. They're grabbing on to everything around them. Every tree is hanging on to every tree. And they're hanging on to every tree for miles in every direction until they create a forest floor that is a massive tapestry of roots that are grabbing onto and securing enormous 30-story foot trees for nearly 2,000 years being beaten by coastal storms. We look at creation and we see God's Glory on display, we see covenant woven into his very creation. Yeah. This is who we are as a people, is people in covenant grabbing onto one another, and every storm that comes, we go, ha, I didn't know I still had room right there. Thank you very much. But the message is that from this tree to that tree is, hey, you're not going down. 
You're not going down. You're not going down because we're not going down. We're going to outlast the storms. And we're going to stand in community together. Why? Because I'm giving my life for you just as you are for me. This is how we live. This is who we are. This is what we do. Sherry and I got saved. We got drawn into a community of people that uh, we'd never seen before. See, between Sherry and I, between her two parents, mother and father, uh, my two parents, mother and father, and then Sherry's stepfather, who raised, helped raise her since she was six, between those five people, there are 15 marriages. Every one of them has been married three times. This is, this is the inheritance that Sherry and I have received to then go and do likewise. Until we meet these people. We meet these people in this small town. And I'm like, hi, are these your kids? Yeah, all right. And uh, are, are, these, are, are you the only two parents of these kids? That one's eight. These kids don't go visit anybody on holiday. You're the only two parents these kids have ever had. Huh. Well, you have four children. Huh. Certainly. No? You're the only kids. You're the only parents these kids know. Because that one's 15. Really? Huh. You. You have all, all your children are in college. All, they've all gone away from They're all adults. Are you, and you're the only two parents those kids have ever known they don't really huh does everybody in this church lie because <laughs> they've never seen it before i'd never seen it before i'd never seen two parents raise their children to adulthood never seen it hoped it was true i knew it had to be true just had never seen it wow. sherry and i get married and we have some rough years. We have some really rough years. Twelve years into it, we are at Bill Johnson's house, who did our premarital counseling, and we were on the couch kind of bickering back and forth about something, and he throws his head back and goes, ha, ha, this reminds me of that note on your assessment, remember? <laughs> what note? You remember Taylor Johnson compatibility assessment we did? Yeah. Remember the note on it? No. And from the kitchen, Benny says, oh, Bill, you didn't tell them? And then we're now leaning in. Tell us what, Bill? <laughs> he says, oh, well, you know, for 10 years, I would take, that, uh, take the, the, result, the uh, sheets from the couple, send it to the psychologist. He'd run it through his software program. I'd get the results back. I'd go over it with him. 10 years I did that, 10 years. I got yours back. And there was a Post-it note on there, and it said, Bill, do whatever you can to stop this marriage. No, no, you didn't tell us about that. <laughs> Which would help explain the last 12 years of hell, Bill. <laughs> Sherry and I have 15 marriages coaching us, and we are clinically incompatible. But we've seen it now. We've seen covenant. We've actually, we actually now have a new standard in our lives. 
And we have people who can influence us and who are grabbing onto us. And I'm happy to say in June, it'll be 35 years with that lady right there. Yeah. If the kids don't kill you, the marriage will. But you'll be better because of it. Because then you'll have strength to give away to other people. You have bread to take off your own life. You actually have something to offer. Why? Because your life is multiplying instead of insignificant, wasted. This always reminds me of corn. Probably that's what you were waiting for. You're like, when is he going to get to the corn part, right? <laughs> Somewhere out here, I don't know. It's got to be, I've got to be closer to it. I don't know, but... Somewhere out here, they are like having corn contests. Like who has the best corn? And some guy is running the table. You've got a corn dynasty going, right? So they send out a reporter and they say, okay, got to tell me, how you doing it? He goes, oh, that's easy. He says, every year, I take last year's corn seed and I give it to all the farms around mine. That way, the only pollen that ever blows across my crop is last year's champion." Oh, very good. So my question for you is this. Who have you surrounded yourself with? What is the level of covenant life in the people that you surround yourself with, that you grab onto, that have a hold of you? If you're the strongest covenant practice around you, you're in big It's my job, it's your job to go and find the greatest practice of covenant life that you can find and grab on and be sure that they grab on and do the same and do the same and continue to surround yourself in the thick of it so that you can raise the standard because I'm telling you what, an antichrist spirit, the prince of the power of the air rules social media rules education, rules everything that your eyes are seeing unless you purposely point your eyes somewhere else. What you get for free isn't free at all. It is a concerted effort orchestrated by an antichrist spirit to lower your life of covenant. So let's all stand together. And somebody read Galatians 2.20 with me, all right? On three, ready? One, two, three. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Put your hand on somebody next to you. Let's just make like a big redwood grove right now. Come on. Come on, grab on somebody. Make sure them roots are grabbing on tight. Oh, gosh, we got big gaps in the aisles. We must be... We must be, in, must be afraid of those people over there. It's just too far to reach, too far. Got all these patches over here, all these trees are going to fall over. Come on, reach over there and grab somebody. Act like you heard me. Somebody act like you heard me. Reach out and grab somebody. You might actually have to move your feet. Oh, no. You might actually have to move. There you go. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. 
Some people just refuse to go down. Come on. You're not going down because I'm not going down. Come on. Reach out there and grab somebody. Jesus. Come on. Come on. There we go. All right. Okay. Some people made up their mind. Some people just ain't going to do anything no matter what. We don't do this in church here. Oh, I wish I had a camera right now. This is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. Look at you. Look at you. Kumbaya. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Father, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in this place right now, in our hearts right now. And Lord, we pray for a renewed sense of covenant, a renewed mind concerning what it means to live willing to lay my life down for the benefit of the people in my life. Lord, we pray for an eternal vision of community. We pray for to be a people of the future, a family into the future where we live our lives for the benefit of people we'll never even meet. We give you the glory for what happens through our life invested. Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.